0: Welcome to Superior Central Library's Podcast, your place for stories, poetry, messages from your teacher, and announcements from your library. Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, May 15th. I hope you are having a good morning. It is foggy smoggy out there this early morning. I am a little bit sleepy today because I checked on my goat slots last night because I thought One of them might be having her baby soon. So hopefully by Monday, we'll have baby goats to tell you about. I promised you yesterday that we are gonna be playing a game on the podcast next week. Every day next week, I will be giving you one or two words. And you need to collect those words and put them into a sentence. And then you're going to leave me a message about the sentence, or send it to me on my email because I was in the library and we have a big box of prizes that you guys get in library class for doing all sorts of things. And they're just sitting there and they should be out to you guys. So get ready to collect some words next week to try to put them into a sentence. Sound good? I have a little bit of a longer podcast for you today. We are going to be reading a poem that I've loved since I was a little girl and a book that was written a lot more recently about a little girl. I hope you enjoy. Our poem today is a story by Toni Johnston, and sometimes it's hard to choose books for a podcast because you can't see the pictures, and so I'm hoping that this poem conveys as much meaning as... It does when you have it in your hand. Um, This poem is a very sentimental poem and I'm feeling sentimental this morning because this morning my brother gets married and I just love him a whole lot. I'm just really happy for him. And this poem is called Yonder. Yonder is the farmer on a jet black horse. Yonder are the hills that roll forever. Yonder is the river that runs to sea, yonder, way over yonder. There comes the farmer with a brand new bride, riding down the the hills that roll forever, digs a hole and plants a tree and says a prayer, there, just over there. There is the cabin made of fine pine planks, filling up with cats and dogs and children, Farmer plants a tree for every child who's born. There, just over there. There come the neighbors dr- down the dust deep road, wagon creaking with a load of lumber, hammering and sawing till they build a barn. There, just over there. There is the plum tree growing year by year, pink with clouds of blossoms in the springtime. Daughter swinging up and up to kick the sky. There. Just over there. Inside is a mother by a quilting frame. Outside is the father plowing wheat fields. Children walk to school beneath a soft spring rain. Dreaming. Dreaming of summer. Children feed the chickens as the sun comes up. Father milks the cow while cats are watching. Feed the pigs and feed the geese and feed the goat. There. Just over there. Brother pounding fence posts in the noonday heat. Woodpeckers are pecking out the same song. Everybody's splashing when the work is done. There, just over there. There are the sons, now taller than the farmer. There is the daughter at her wedding. Neighbors come from near and far to fill the churchyard. There, just over there. And there is a plum tree growing year by year, loaded with fruit of early summer. Young man makes a cradle in the old tree's shade. There, just over there. By and by, the mother has become a grandma. By and by, the father is a grandpa, holding hands together as the sun goes down. Going, going, gone. Grandpa tells a story full of make believe. Lap is full of children in their nightshirts. Owls are listening. Bears are listening. What then? What? There, just over there. There is the plum tree growing year by year, glowing like a bonfire in autumn. Pumpkins on the front porch grin from ear to ear. There, just over there. Christmas time has come again and the snow falls down. Grandma knitting caps and scarves and mittens, merry voices ringing through the frozen woods. Joy, joy to the world. Grandpa knows a place with trees like tall white ships, standing on the hills that roll forever. Bring one home, it fills the house with pine and wonder. There, just over there there is the plum tree growing year by year leaves are gone birds are gone in winter wild deer walk beneath it as quiet as the snow there just over there there is the old man who was once a farmer resting with a sleepy dog beside him snoring in and out like a thousand thousand bees there just over there There is a family beside the tree. Neighbors come from near and far to be there. Grandpa is gone, so they plant a tree. There, just over there. Yonder is the farmer on a jet black horse. Yonder are the hills that roll forever. Plum tree is in blossom with a thousand thousand bees. Yonder, way over yonder. gonna do the story a little differently today. The book I want to read today I can't find it upstairs in our bookshelf and I think I brought it to school to read to one of the library classes. So I have found it as an audiobook and we're going to listen to the first chapter. This is my favorite book to read to children because I think it's such a great description of how children are and how they think. And I really hope you enjoy it. This story is called Clementine. By Sarah Pennypacker. Published by Hyperlon Books Paperbacks for Children.
1: Chapter 1 I have had not so good of a week. Well, Monday was a pretty good day if you don't count hamburger surprise at lunch and Margaret's mother coming to get her, or the stuff that happened in the principal's office. When I got sent there to explain that Margaret's hair was not my fault, and besides, she looks okay without it, but I couldn't because Principal Rice was gone, trying to calm down Margaret's mother. Someone should tell you not to answer the phone in the principal's office, if that's a rule. Okay, fine. Monday was not so good of a day, which was a surprise because it started off with two lucky signs, which fooled me. First, there were exactly enough banana slices in my cereal, one for every spoonful. Then, as soon as I got to school, my teacher said, the following students are excused from journal writing so they can go to the art room to work on their Welcome to the Future projects. And I was one of the following students. So, instead of having to think up things to write in my journal, which I hate, I got to glue and paint stuff, which I love. Margaret was in the art room, too. When I sat down next to her, she threw herself across the Princess from the Future mask she was gluing sparkles onto. Remember the rules, she warned. Margaret is in fourth grade, and I am in third she thinks that that makes her the boss of me. I hate Margaret's rules. You can't touch my stuff, she said, which she always says. Why, I said, which I always say. Because it's the rule, Margaret said, which she always says. Why? I said, because you can't touch my stuff, she said. And then I pointed out the window, which wasn't exactly lying, because I didn't say there was something out there. While Margaret was looking out the window, I accidentally touched her mask twice. Okay, fine. Then I got busy working on my project, so I wouldn't have to hear any Clementine, pay attentions. Except I did anyway, which was unfair because each time I was the only person in the whole art room who was paying attention, which is why I could tell everyone right in the middle of the Pledge of Allegiance that the lunchroom lady was sitting in the janitor's car and they were kissing again. No one else saw this disgusting scene because no one else was paying attention out the window. And after that, when it was my turn to pass around the stapler, I could tell everyone that the art teacher's scarf had an egg stain on it that looked, if you squinted, exactly like a pelican, which nobody else had noticed. Clementine! You need to pay attention, the art teacher said one more time. And just like the other times, I was paying attention. I was paying attention to Margaret's empty seat. Margaret had been excused to go to the girls' room. And when she left, she had scrunched up, Don't cry, eyes, and a pressed down, Don't cry, now." And she had been gone a really long time, even for Margaret, who washes her hands one finger at a time. I need to go to the girls' room, I told my teacher. And that's where Margaret was, all right. Curled up under the sink with her head on her knees. Margaret, I gasped, you're sitting on the floor. Margaret hitched herself over to the side a little so I could see. She'd placed a germ-protective layer of paper towels under her. Still, I said, what's the matter? Margaret pressed her head down harder into her knees, which were all shiny with tears. She pointed up, lying on the sink, next to a pair of Do not remove from the art room, scissors, was a chunk of straight brown hair. Uh Uh-oh. Come out, Margaret, I said. Let me see. Margaret shook her head. I'm not coming out until it's grown back. Well, I think I see a germ crawling up your dress. Margaret jumped out from under the sink. She looked at herself in the mirror and began to cry again. "'I got glue in my hair!' she sobbed. "'I was just trying to cut it out!' Margaret's hair was halfway down her back, long. It was hard not to notice that the whole part over her left ear was missing. "'Maybe if we evened up a chunk over your right ear!' I suggested. Margaret wiped her eyes dry and nodded. She handed me the scissors. I cut. We looked back in the mirror. It's like bangs. I tried to cheer her up. Sort of. Except bangs are in your front hair, not the sides, Margaret reminded me. Then she took a deep sigh, picked up the scissors, and cut off all the hair over her forehead. Now the front half of her hair was all chopped off, and the back half was long and straight and shiny. Not so good, Margaret said, looking in the mirror. Not so good, I agreed. We looked at her not-so-good hair in the mirror for a really, really long time without saying anything, which is very hard for me. Then Margaret's bottom lip began to shiver, and her eyes filled up with tear balls again. She handed the scissors back to me, and then she closed her eyes and turned around. All of it? I asked all of it so i did which is not exactly easy with those plastic art scissors let me tell you and just as i was finishing the art teacher came in looking for us clementine she shouted what are you doing and then margaret went all historical and the art teacher went all historical And nobody could think of anything to do except the regular thing, which is send me to the principal's office. While I was waiting there, I drew a picture of Margaret with her chopped off hair. I made her look beautiful, like a dandelion. If they had a special class for gifted kids in art, I would definitely be in it. But they don't which is also unfair, only for math and English. I am not so good at English. Okay, fine. But this year I am in the gifted class for math. And here is the bad surprise. So far, no gifts. I told Principal Rice about that problem when she got back from calming down Margaret's mother. So far, no gifts. I told her, extremely politely. Principal Rice rolled her eyes to the ceiling then, like she was looking for something up there. Ceiling snakes, maybe, just waiting to drip on you.